This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 12, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. When Detroit wanted to go after entrepreneurs operating without licenses, the city got some quick cash, but it also forced hundreds of businesses out of the market or into the black market. Jarrett Skorup of the Mackinac Center discussed a better way to decide what ought to be licensed. We spoke at the State Policy Network annual meeting in San Antonio. For states that have uh, dealt with this the scourge, the growing scourge of uh, occupational licenses for uh, occupations that should not have uh, any licensure or registration requirements whatsoever. Um, the battle has been about picking a license, uh, finding the research that points to why that license is pointless. Mm-hmm. And then presenting that research to uh, either state lawmakers or people who are charged with uh, making determinations about licenses and saying, well, you should get rid of this license. Mm-hmm. And, and that is an extremely laborious process. The burden seems to be on the wrong side of the uh, equation. It should be the government having to defend constantly the mm-hmm. fact that these licenses make sense. So how do we get from here to there uh, in terms of doing a global look at how we get rid of or how we evaluate the quality and the benefit of licensure. Yeah, I, I think that's the great pointer. Um, you know, on the intellectual side of things, we, we call it the, the public choice problem uh, or the regulatory capture problem, which is you just have these industry groups that have way more of an interest, these concentrated benefits and coming and lobbying for licenses. Um, and what I found on doing this is very few people, even educated, involved people who follow all kinds of things, they have no clue what is even what's licensed, to, to what extent it is in a state. Um, so they're not going to go out and sit in legislative sessions and argue against it. Um, so I think the big the big push or where it needs to go, and certainly what we're trying to do in Michigan um, and, and in other states, is to say, okay, we want to look at this. Uh, perhaps there's things that need to be licensed. So how do we figure out? figure that out. And the best way that that I can come up with is that before anything becomes licensed, as well as reviewing things that are on the books, is you have to have some type of independent body, as independent as you can make of a, of a government body. And in some states, that might be a law review commission. There, there's commissions that are charged with looking at rules and regulations and going through them and reviewing them, putting the onus on the industry groups or the government to say, here's why this needs to be licensed. We can show in this state that it, it affects health and safety and strictly limiting the review to only looking at health and safety um, and then going back and, and um, getting rid of the, um, the li- licenses and regulations from that standpoint. So it's exactly what you said, putting the, put it on the other side. All right. So are there any states that have actually successfully put in some sort of either an automatic sunset or a regular process to evaluate whether or not these licenses are actually doing the job that they're supposed to? There are a few. Um, so Arizona recently passed one, um, and, and, that, uh, and that's what they do. They, would, they have a board that looks at these licenses and would do that type of review. Tennessee is another. Um, Mississippi has done something like that. Um, and then also the state of Maine has it just for new licenses that are proposed. And the result of that is the state of Maine has... Um, I believe only done one license in the last 20 years, but it's it's been much more limited. 
the, the problem is doing the ones that are already on the books. So it's been pretty good at stopping new ones and will probably be pretty successful at stopping new ones, but it's actually looking what's on the books. And then it's a secondary problem, which is, so if you take um, barbers, barbers are now licensed in all 50 states. That does not mean that anyone has ever shown that barbers affect health and safety. Um, however, if you want to get rid of that one, it's very easy for a board to just say, well, they're licensed in all 50 states. It must, it must affect health and safety. And the second side of that, whereas there are things that are licensed everywhere, but they're licensed in very different ways. And so cosmetologists are licensed everywhere. Well, in Michigan, a cosmetologist requires as many hours of training as uh, guys who fly commercial airlines. Most other states, they're much, much less than that. So it's trying to say, even if they are licensed everywhere, can we lower those requirements and the fees and the testing and that kind of thing? Okay. So where are some uh, opportunities? I mean... As far as I'm concerned, uh, doctors don't shouldn't necessarily have to be licensed by the state, uh, but there are some that where the case is much easier to make, uh, cosmetologists and, and and others. What are some licenses that, for the most part, would just go away if subjected to that kind of analysis? Yeah, pr- I would say that almost anything that affects um, working class of what we would say. So taxi drivers in a lot of states are licensed. Middle um, income and lower. Middle people. income and lower. Um, those are all the new ones that have happened in the last 30 years or so. Um, contractors, roofers, guys who do gutters, paving, asphalt, all those kinds of things. Because for most of those, less than half the states license them. They're spread out all over the place. So Michigan licenses roofers and uh, guys who pave asphalt. Indiana licenses uh, concrete, and so it's like every state licenses these things in all kinds of ways, but in all of them, there's not too many states that license all of them. So in general, if fewer than half the states license this occupation, then that should be a pretty strong signal that it doesn't need to be licensed. Yeah, there, there are only 30 occupations in which um, a significant majority of the states license them. So now you're getting into those 30. Of those 30, a lot of them who are health-related professions, there's still a lot you can do. So nurses in Michigan, every state licenses nurses. However, they're licensed and teachers, but the requirements are really different. That doesn't mean that you have to get a master's degree to get a teaching license like you do in, to keep your teaching license like you do in New York State versus another state that just says having a bachelor's degree is good enough. Um, of any type. You don't need to go get a ED degree or education type thing. So there's still a lot. And for nurses where you can say, okay, you can get a, you can be a licensed nurse with a two, two year training program. Um, I would have to see, and, and no one has shown that nurses that get six years of education requirements, like some states require are better than nurses or, or not even necessarily better, but, but affect the health and safety of people. So there's still a lot of room, even among all the states that license to strip some of those down. A lot of these boards that are in charge of, uh, issuing licenses are not very free with their own data. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how do we compel them to make that case on an ongoing basis that those licenses are are useful that's that's a great question um i don't know the answer to that one um what i know that in michigan one of the things they did was they took a lot of the power away from the boards legislatively and they put it in um what are our state licensing agency and so at, at the very least then you're limiting the board to um re- maybe reviewing somebody's license if they're coming into challenge to say they should work 
um, but you're you're preventing them from adding these new requirements and finding new new you know. In lots of states, the boards have freedom to say, "Hey, we're the dental board," but hey, we're going to call teeth whiteners um, dentists. Um, Practicing dentistry. Right. Michigan does not allow their boards to do that type of thing, or, or it's very limited. So states can definitely go that route. But I don't know if anybody's cracked the case on um, that information, and you know, people defer to the experts. So in some ways, uh, because of course, licensing in general, it, the people that you would want making determinations about who mm-hmm. ought to be ought to be licensed and who shouldn't, you would want them to be experts. Uh, But inevitably, of course, that leads to those experts uh, using their position to Mm -hmm. prevent competitors from entering the field. So your suggestion is uh, combine a lot of these boards into uh, one organization that is primarily responsible for licensing itself. Yep. And um, that's going to look at the research and that type of thing. I mean, it's, it's a problem we have in a lot of fields. I mean, we have this for doctors. We have this for teachers. We always get this question. We never talk to teachers about how to actually do educational requirements. And it's like, well, for some of that, that makes sense. Like if they're in the field, you want to get testimony, you want to hear from them. On the other hand, um, if I'm a teacher and they come in and say, what do you need for your profession? For your profession, I'd say, uh, take away any mandates from the state and pay me a lot more money. And it's like, okay, well, that that might or might not be a good idea, but your incentives is to limit your competition for a lot of these licenses um, and because that leads to higher pay, and we don't we don't necessarily want that. What are the economic costs of occupational licensing? I know that there are there's some new research that sort of indicates that the occupational licensing could affect recidivism in prison. Um, well, whether or not those those costs are super significant, it, I think remains to be seen. But uh, in terms of activity that doesn't take place or exchanges that don't occur. Uh, what do we know about the costs? A couple thousand. It's it's direct cost to consumers of a couple thousand dollars per year and higher costs for goods. Um, and then, of course, the societal costs, which are harder to measure, but um, there there's some sh- pretty strong correlation between higher licensing requirements leading to higher recidivism. Um, I point out sometimes the, the irony, I guess, or the silliness of the state of Michigan, which will, um, and most states do this, they have these job training programs and they'll go and pay They'll spend money training people, ex-cons and things to do things, and then they'll come out and say, well, you have a criminal record. You, we can't, we're not going to grant you a license to do that. So that's a pretty big cost. Um, the, a lot of the research I've seen now is, is the problem is you're getting, um, it's really a problem for the rule of law because most people, particularly in these working class um, occupations, at least in Michigan, and I suspect it's the same for other states, are working unlicensed. They're working illegally. And then it's just a matter of the state arbitrarily enforcing these regulations. We saw that a lot in the city of Detroit, which which right before its bankruptcy went around and shut down about 900 businesses, mostly for minor, low-level regulatory reasons. Um, it's that's a, a problem. We spoke before we started recording about Detroit and the manner in which they went about uh, punishing people who were operating without a license or operating beyond the scope of a license when did that happen? Why did it happen? Yeah, so Detroit requires um, dozens of its own licenses. It's really the only city that does that to any large degree in Michigan. So they require window washers and batting cage operators. And the new one I found a couple weeks ago was hat cleaners, or one of my colleagues dug up for me. Um, so guys who clean hats, and, and that one's, uh, it's not even just getting a license, but you also have to have a permit from the fire department if you want to do hat cleaning because chemicals might be flammable. Um, well, what we know is in the last couple of years, Detroit, they've had no money, so they haven't enforced those provisions. However, 
right before the city went bankrupt in 2013, they were short on cash and they went around to hundreds and hundreds of businesses and just started cracking down on them saying, you don't have the proper license. Who put in this drywall? I want to I want to see the license of the guy that did it. These businesses couldn't produce things like that. Oh, if you erect, if you hang signs in the city of Detroit, you have to do them. So they'd say, who put up this sign? It's an illegal spot. And they just levied fines on all these businesses, um, which, yeah, got them a little bit of short-term cash. But 900 businesses shut down in a matter of a couple of months for a city that's totally desperate for for jobs and, and long-term growth. And you mentioned uh, that a lot of this activity that's just occurring off the books, of course, that's not one. It's not counted in state GDP. Uh, so uh, it's very much off the books. And two, those people aren't paying taxes on that income either. So there's a lot of activity that's going on that we're not seeing. Mm-hmm. And uh, taxpayers are, uh, you know, the the, uh, the people who are paying taxes on their activity are shouldering a, a larger share of the burden of government. Yeah, it's, it's bad for the people doing it who could get arbitrary and uh, shut down by the government. Uh, it's bad for trying to measure economic activity, and then it's bad for the businesses who are who are who are then forced to pay a higher burden in order to pay the fee, who are paying the fees and stuff, and who are at a competitive disadvantage. Um, so it's really bad all the way around. And and you know, for a state, it's like okay, it, right now in Michigan, if three we we license painters, if three quarters of the people are painting illegally, and one quarter are the only ones that are going through the the you know, the regulations and getting the right education, taking the tests and all that, then we should just get rid of it and it'll just be better. It'll be better for all those groups uh, equally. Jared Skorup is marketing and strategic outreach manager at Michigan's Mackinac Center. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.